here in the heart of the Judean Desert, about halfway between Jerusalem and Jericho, not far from the restored ruins of the Good Samaritan, where people could hike halfway down, sleep overnight, and then continue the rest of the way. A dangerous area for human beings in this isolated wilderness with only a few shepherd camps. A danger that is attested to by the fact that not far from here are the ruins of Chateau Rouge, a French crusader castle to protect travelers along this road where Jesus tells us the parable of the Good Samaritan, a man going from Jerusalem down to Jericho and fallen upon by thieves. But just now, we're interested in the dangers to animals, to sheep and goats, because in this kind of a desert terrain, there's lack of water and lack of grass. And you need to be able to find out where to find deep water in order to survive. But this is not a trackless wilderness of moving sand dunes. This desert is full of trails and tracks, full of paths. In fact, there are dozens just up and down one hillside because they're just far enough apart so that the sheep and goats can nibble whatever little remnants of grass are there, and that way clean off whatever little food is here on an entire hillside. So if you're a sheep and a goat out here, and you're trying to figure out where to find water or grass, which path are you going to take? Not only that, we notice the rounded contours of the chalky hills and how if you get on one of these paths and follow it, you may end up just circling around the whole hilltop and coming back right to where you were. And this is what helps us understand one of the phrases in Psalm 23. Yankeni the Mahagare Tzedek. He will lead me in standard translation paths of righteousness. Literal translation doesn't even make sense in circles of righteousness, but now it does make sense because the kinds of paths that are here in the wilderness sometimes literally circle right around and come back to where they were. And what you're learning from this multitude of confusing circling paths is how totally dependent the sheep are on the shepherd to find the food and the water. I have found more pictures um, of sheep in my parents' photos with Israel and mom holding a sheep. Just, oh gosh. I just opened up this Bible I wanted to show you. All right. I tell you, I have, it's been a treasure of things I have found. Bibles and Bibles and how my mother wrote and wrote. So I found this Bible, and I mean it's it is ancient and it is pretty uh, tattered looking. Uh, 1872. But what's uh, kind of sad is my mother, who wrote, loved to write things. September 28, 1980, 
she said, I got this dear Bible at the sale at, at a church um, at a George, in Georgesville. So the church was selling their Bibles. <laughs> All I could think was, was, uh, wow. And so my mother went to, uh, of course, you know, this woman in 1877 at Christmas time gave this Bible um, to her, her child, besides mother and all that. Um, but anyway, so I found all kinds of things. My mother had Bibles all hanging around her on her nightstand, and she'd write on them, say how she was trusting Jesus, how much she loved how she'd be seeing him someday. But, you know, it hurts you when somebody doesn't, things happen, I'm not saying, but my mom felt she had a byproduct. Somebody, a mother had given to their child. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. Why does the Lord lead you to green pastures and still waters? Because he loves you and he cares that your needs are satisfied. Isn't that great? Why does the Lord protect you from dangers of temptation and evil? Because he is a holy God who will punish sin. Why does the Lord lead you in paths of righteousness? Because he is righteous and wants you to be like him. He wants you to think right. He wants you to live right. And he wants you to decide right. The Lord wants you to walk rightly in the right paths. What the shepherd wants for you, he wants for all his sheep. We often wander through life wondering, where am I to go? How do I get there? What do I do when I arrive? Why am I even going? And many times I say, Lord, I don't know. Show us what to go do. Show us where to go. What? Show us, Lord, because we don't know. And all of these questions are answered by the He knows what is best for like many sheep, you sometimes think you have a better idea. Ever been that sheep? How to run your life so you don't always follow the shepherd's lead. Now let's be honest, we all think. But before you take your eyes off the shepherd and begin walking away from his right path, consider this. You don't know what will happen tomorrow or next week, or next year, and you can't predict the future. Matter of fact, we don't know what will happen in the next so many seconds. But the shepherd does. He said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He knows exactly what will happen tomorrow. And I think we all believe in that, don't we? So he is qualified to be the perfect guide for your life. He made us, he formed us, he has a will for us, 
exactly what's going to happen. He knows everything, and sometimes we just don't want to do what he wants us to do. And you know what that is? Everybody look at your hands. It's cold. And when you can't trust the Lord with your future, it's called unbelief. Do we have a doubting heart? Some don't trust him with their future because they know they can't play around with sin if he's in control. If you won't trust him, it's called rebellion. Do we have a sinful heart? We were born with a sinful nature. It's unbelief when you can't trust the Lord. It's rebellion when you won't trust the Lord. When you can't, unbelief. When you won't, rebellion. The shepherd leads us to right paths because we don't know where we are going. Think for a moment about all the things you must do today. Some of you might have been already thinking about them. I know that I can't. My grandpa was preaching. I could go on some vacations. But I did that one time, and he asked me a question. And I never left the place again. That was the most humbling day when my dear old dad turns around and said, Candy, where was I? And I said, I don't know. But I know it was good. And he looked at me like, and I decided that I would never go anywhere other than where I was ever again. We had the best time talking about that. Think for a moment about what you're going to do today. You have errands to run, family responsibilities, and you're already maybe worth thinking about tomorrow's work. And kids and friends and all these things we got. You will do what you have to do, but are you going, are you doing what you should do for God? Will you trust the shepherd and follow him along the right paths? You know, let's just be honest. If we had started out doing the right things and continue to do the right things and ask God to show us the and, and, and gave up our own desires, and even though it was tough, we probably wouldn't be in the shape we're in now. Anybody agree? Huh? Okay, thank you. Government wouldn't be in the mess it said. Immorality wouldn't be in the mess it said. See, we got two ways to go. We got our flesh, because I want to, I want to do it, and it feels right to me, and what's the right thing to do. But we don't like the right things to do, because now, in this wonderful land we live in, it's not what's right, it's if it is enjoyable to another. And we all like to do things. I like to do a lot of things. Some of them haven't been the best But that's now it's because of this and not following the Lord, not seeking the Lord, not making him the head, 
Now we do every immortal, immortal, yeah, immoral thing, and we think it's right, and we all have our wishes, and now I don't know what you're supposed to do, but I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to follow Jesus no matter if it's popular, if I lose everybody I know, if I'm sent to prison, whatever it will be. We all will stand before Jesus someday, and everything we ever said or did will all that matter. Not, not pleasing my neighbor, not pleasing Tiffany, not pleasing... You not pleasing anybody, it has to do with pleasing Jesus and doing the past. See, because wherever God takes us, it's always going to be right. If He tells me to say something, it's not going to be offensive to you, it'll be right. If I ask Him to show me where to go, He'll be the best place. And whatever God tells us to do, it'll always be right. So, you are doing a lot of things, but are you doing them right, right, rightly, rightly? I wrote that down, and now you can't even remember right. I'm saying. In this busy life, we have so much to do that we give a lot of things a lick and a promise. When it comes to the church, do we give it much effort? Is it our responsibility? Do we care? Oftentimes in our busyness, we don't pray effectively. We don't study the Bible deeply and we don't serve with excellence. We need the shepherd to guide us in order to walk rightly or on the right paths. Isn't it amazing that we need God to help us serve him? Because we can't do it on our own because we don't want to do all these things. It's a sacrifice. And you know what? We go wherever we want to go. We do whatever we want to do. And you drive wherever you want to drive. And we, I mean, let's be honest, because I've done it. If I'm going, I went in storms, and I went in all kinds of situations, but yet couldn't come to church the next Sunday because, you know, it's raining. Righteousness makes our priorities right. And I think our priorities have gotten way off. When everything else matters but God and the church and people and, and getting souls ready for heaven... We're not walking in righteousness. Like sheep, we go through life looking for something to eat. Amen. I put that down for myself. If we don't lift our heads to look around, we will end up eating sour food or poisonous grass. Lift your head, spot the shepherd, and let him lead you on right paths to better food, pure water. See, he knows what's best for you. Just because you let the shepherd lead you years ago doesn't mean you can find your way today. So many people, seems like 
are, are, are still leaning on vacation Bible school days. Or when their mother taught them, you know, some scriptures. That is going to get us to heaven. And that has nothing to do with today's... It, it, it gives me help, yes, because I remember those things. And hopefully I, I, I got them in my soul. But every single day... Every single day, i got to start out new with Jesus. See, because I get more letters in the mail today, and I'll get more bills, and I'll get more, you know, aggravations, and I get more, you know, health, or this or that. And so every day, got to talk to the Lord about new things and say, Lord, thank you for what I know, and help me to know more about the Bible, and help me know more about you, and help me today. I can't go, you know, because, think about it this way, so many times in life, God did great things for me, miracles, made a way at the midnight hour when I was critically desperate. And you would think those things would sustain me if nothing else ever happened, another miracle. But we constantly need another miracle. Another miracle, another something, because then we're, we're already losing ground. I've been there. And so we, we often forget what God did for us last week and have the faith to know if he can do it once, he can do it again. And sometimes i got to talk to him about what's going on in my life. Is there unforgiveness? And believe me, i got storehouses of that at times. Is it something I'm not doing right, Lord? Have I not talked to you? Have I not read my Bible? Have I not witnessed? What is it, Lord, that I, I need to, to fix? What is it, Lord? And so I need to continually be seeking him. See, there's a world out there that's loud, and it's going to scream to you in every kind of way. And every day you're going to make decisions about walking in righteousness. The enemy doesn't want you to walk in righteousness. Are you kidding me? You think he wants you to have a blessed life and he's only going to bother you like every six weeks on a Tuesday? I don't think so. Does he want you to get to heaven? I would say that's a no. Does he want you to know? See, the more you read your Bible and the more you know, the more you've got conquering skills. The more you know the master. So why is it that we're constantly bombarded with these feelings that we don't have time for God? Who do you think says that? You think the Lord says, hey, I, listen, just forget that for a while. Now there's times we're broken and we're tired and we're sick and we're all kinds of things. I've been there. And God has said, just rest right now. Just rest. I had somebody one time when I was trying to sell the house on, on Denton, you know, all the things I went through, and a great couple of great Christians said, Candy, we're going to take you to Jesus this week. Just rest. Don't be every second. I was hysterical. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. And I was making myself nuts. 
And they said, it's not, not that I couldn't pray, but they said, we'll carry you to Jesus. You just relax on the cot, and we'll make the climb and bring you down. You know what that was like? That's been 10 years ago, and I'll never forget it. It was life or death to me that day. So there's a pull to walk in righteousness. Now the world doesn't like righteousness. Would you say we could see that? And, and the Bible predicts it. God warned us. And it takes a lot of courage. And it takes a lot of strength. But the more I look into my Bible and I read, when I don't feel like it, and I study when I don't feel like it, and, and, and I listen to things and I try to grow so I have more knowledge. I'll tell you what, thank God our doctors did all their courses and did all their schooling. What happens if they were like some of us Christians who barely read and hardly know a thing about the Bible? And if somebody said, now what happens in Samuel? And we go, I don't know, I don't know that. And, and what about, what do you think happened with Samuel and Saul and all that? I don't know that. Well, good thing they studied about arthritis or we'd all be in trouble. Correct? So if somebody comes to you and say, do you have a scripture for me? We go, I'll be right back. I'll call the preacher. Or I'll look, look it up real quick. We should have something like the typical Methodist. And if you're like me, who my brain can't always remember things, I can get a portion of it out if I even put some of it together. I'll go, well, that's a little bit of Timothy, and that was a little bit of Matthew, but it sounds really good, right? Shouldn't we know about where we're going? Shouldn't we know about what heaven's going to be like? Shouldn't we be excited? Because my next uh, topic's going to be about heaven, and we're going to be talking about it. Because I think it's going to be coming very close that we're going to be going there or not. The shepherd is like a guy taking the sheep where they ought to go. And what are the qualifications for a guy? He's been there before and knows how to get his sheep to green pastures. He knows the safest paths. Best of all, he knows what is waiting for the sheep when they get to their destination. So the shepherd gathers his sheep together to lead them, guide them, and go before them to green pastures. I'll close here in just a minute and we'll repeat, we'll go on about this next week. Where does the shepherd lead you? He leads you in paths of righteousness. Well, the word righteousness scares many. It simply means that he leads you in the right paths. Technically, these paths conform to the right things God wants done. And if they are done right for God, then they will be right for you. Notice the shepherd doesn't necessarily lead us in easy paths. Amen. Beautiful paths or even prosperous paths. While right paths may be desirable at times, amen. And often there are observation points from which to see the beautiful sights in this world. 
Sometimes right paths are hard to walk. Sometimes meaningless walk, walk through difficulties and tragedies. Amen. Sometimes the shepherd has to lead you to steep slopes through rocks. The right path can be a difficult path. Doing the right thing has to do with character, but how do we define character? So few people have to do it. Characters habitually doing the right thing in the right way. The shepherd will always lead you to do right things in the right way. He will never lead you to the wrong destination. Amen? Nor will he teach you to do things the wrong way. He will lead you rightly so you will develop the habit of doing things his way. Remember, the shepherd doesn't lead you in right paths just to please himself, although the shepherd does, it, does do it for his name's sake. He has you on the right path for your good. The shepherd has a plan to work all things together for good. The paths he chooses for you are for your good as well as for his good purpose. I um, was at the bowling. Friday, and I was, I've never been so excited because I almost got my name mentioned. <laughs> they mentioned all these people who bowl, you know, 200 and such. And I look at them like, yippee. One guy, I, I go, what's he, how, what's he do? They, and I love it. My team members, they go, he bowls all the time. I'm like, okay, I can deal with that. He gets like 280, he had a 300. I'm like, what would that be like? So I got 123. You don't even know how great that was. And then I got another 123. And they said if I got another 123, that they would mention my name. <laughs> and you don't even know. I mean, so the guy who gets all the big scores, he's got the prettiest hair, an older gentleman. He's I bet you he was cute. He has all wavy hair, and I always think, wonder what he did. Someday maybe I'll ask him. Just curious, you know. He looks like one, of, like honest to God, he looks like a person who sang in a quartet, Christian quartet. Just has that look, you know what I'm saying? I can't wait to see what he did. It would be a But anyway, so I thought, shoot, we were playing him. So I go, can I have some of that? And he's like, I go, give me some more. I'm going to just, you know. And so I go up there and I said, Lord, you know what to do, so just do it. Well, every time I touched him, I swear I got a strike. He goes, I got the power. I said, no, Jesus helped me. But thank you for the level. You know? But anyway, I got a 113. Dang on it. Because even though they always, they just talk about the people who bowl really well, which would be like, but um, I go, why can't you ever talk about the people that are improving? That would give me, like, encouragement. You know all about this whole stuff. So, anyway, but that's all right. So I went back to talk to Sherry and George. And I really was hurt 
by the lady, uh, a couple that they bowled with. I was hurt by her words. At one point, she said, Lord, I'll tell you, you know, I think God is talking, and I think God's doing a lot of things that makes you wonder. And then she came off with some other stuff that wasn't biblically sound and was basically telling me what she thinks that is the path to righteousness and what she thinks is the truth. So I was lovingly going to, I was thinking under my breath about what to say without being like, that's the dumbest stuff I ever heard, you know, like that. And so I said to her, you know, I want to know the truth. I want to know the truth for myself, but I, I want to know the truth for my people, but I want to live the truth. Because wouldn't it be sad to know that I followed a wrong path my whole life thinking that was the truth, and it wasn't. And I said to her as kindly as I could, but with for sureness in my voice to say, God, if we believe the Bible, we've got to believe all of it, not just parts, or the parts that we love. If we believe that God made us and he is the, the creator of the universe, then we believe all of it, or, we, or, we, or what do we believe? Because when it comes down to it, what he says is going to be what it is, and it doesn't matter what I think. You know, my opinion on politics or whatever. The truth's the truth. Whatever, okay? But I'm seeing so many of the world falling in their own thinking and not the truths of righteousness. And this lady was very point blank on how she felt. And I wanted and I knew that my words weren't going, we weren't going to have an altar call at that moment. But I left there hurt because she was as strong in her feelings as I was in mine. And I said, well, I pray that the Lord shows us the way, for he is the way, the truth, and the life. And I tried to give her some kindness about it, how great it is. But it doesn't matter what we think. Because what he thinks is what's right. And that will lead me home. And we can talk a lot of talk, but what happens if it doesn't lead me to heaven? So more than ever, I want to know what's right, even if it's not what I like. To see if I put the wrong ingredients in, in what I'm making, it doesn't come out right. So i got to read the recipe. So in this world, the world doesn't want us to know the truth. The truth was, is what will lead us home. And so I pray that we all want to walk in the path of righteousness. Because there isn't one thing you can do on that day to change. When Jesus comes back in the twinkling of an eye and we who are saved will be going up the ones who will be left in the seven 
year of tribulation will be the worst time of history. There's no words to describe what one will go through if they even make it alone. And you will have to make a decision if you follow Satan or you follow God. And if you do follow God, you will be beheaded. So let's, now that was strong, that's in, in Revelation. So my point of view is this, no matter what the world says or my neighbor says or anybody says, i got to ask God to give me the strength and the knowledge to know what to say and to live in a world of sin that's rampant, to live in a world of righteousness. And it's not easy. I have to, I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to tell you who it is, but somebody wrote me this morning about they were going to do something else without coming to church. They thought they were going to do something that I thought was silly. And I started to write them a kind preacher thing. And Tiffany said, you raise that right now. Now, it wasn't me, but I was just, I was just kind of saying, you know, something I thought a preacher should say. And I raised it. And I said, God be with you and help you. Amen. Miss you. Amen. But I was thinking, who was the bad person? Not that you couldn't go somewhere and have fun. I like to have fun. But what is more important? A relationship with God. Amen. So, we're going to continue on the path of righteousness because you know what? I need it myself. And so, thankful for Tiffany. I pray to God for Tiffany that so many times she helps me erase my text because my flesh wants to say things. And you don't know how many times you all text me and say you wouldn't be here because you were going to go play snowballs or, or play tetherball. And I wanted to tell you I hope that tetherball be placed. And I wrote you back, praise the Lord, have a great day, I'll see you next week. No, I'm happy for you to have a ball in your snowball fight. That's just being honest, right? So I'm short, you know that it was God that helped me to walk in righteousness that I didn't say what my flesh wanted to say. Amen. Now, is that honest? <coughs> I got things to work, I'm working on, right? You say you want to go play bingo instead of coming to the prayer meeting. Now, what do you think I'm being? I hope you win. God. Bring all your winnings to the church. I haven't always done everything right in my life. Let me tell you. But I never have needed God more in my life than I do now. In every aspect of my life, I need God's guidance. Next week, I'm going to bring you, um, go run off some copies. But I'm telling you, every day my dad wrote down his goals for Jesus that day. I don't want to be like that man. I don't want to be like him. Because he loved God so much that he was willing to do anything he asked him to do. So he, I have about 15 things that he wrote down on one particular day of his goals to serve God. They were humbling. Dad never asked for a bigger church. He did have some big churches. But God gave him everything he needed and took a, a, a boy from Pomeroy, Ohio. And, and I read last night where he wrote about a, a testimony. He said, there was a day that came when
when my world was shaken and everything we ever had was gone. We didn't have a home, we didn't have an income, my father was gone and my mother was sick. My dad dropped out of high school so he could raise his children, help raise his brother and sister, get a job as a security at the naval place down by the high river. He got his high school diploma in college and then left for the war, begged Uncle Sam to give him three months um, so he could help his mother find him. The church said, why don't you be a preacher? And she still had a home. And God provided. And how he wrote that he was trusting God to make a way when he didn't know what the way was. Trust. But you know what? In World War II, when everybody, I'm not talking about your tattoos, but when people were getting tattoos and they were smoking and they were doing things that my dad knew wasn't right. 2,000 miles away from his home, my dad still kept his eyes on the prize. And people, when the boys would say, nobody knows you here. Your mommy isn't here. Why are, you, why are you afraid? He goes, I know my mommy isn't here, but my father is. So he was able to walk righteousness on times. And I found picture of the old church, the chapels, that my dad and a little band of Christians walked up a hill at night in a dark, dark night to the chapel in the forest in World War II at this one place that he was stationed for a while, worked at the hospital. My dad did things that were pretty gross, as in stuffing bodies with newspapers things he wasn't prepared for. But that little band of believers who were made fun of, you know, walked up the hill in the dark and would open up the chapel and they would preach to each other and play the, is the piano or the organ that had the beat. Somebody had the hummet in another room while the organist would really be like a handful of them but they had church. That's been following the path of righteousness. I can't apologize for talking about my dad. He was an inspiration to me and to all of you of a person who followed Jesus. He's my example. And I tell you what, I know you all love your parents, and I'm not taking away from but I think the greatest thing that God ever gave me was my family. That's it. Greatest thing. All right. Um, where he needs me, I will follow all sin. And I and you know, I know we go over, but I'm gonna tell you something. I need Jesus so much that I could stay here all day. And where he leads you, that means leads you to right paths of righteousness.
it's not easy. We're all human, okay? I'm not saying that, boy, you fail one time, you know, you're just the pets. I failed zillions of times. And my dad failed times. But he 